0: well good morning everybody it's great to be with you i can borrow this i can say again i've been with you in the past and it's been a joy to have fellowship with you uh it's great to meet with some of the young guys yesterday and uh, so we already feel at home we feel part of the family and it's great to be with matt and joe again as uh, we were with them once in the past in our home church in the uk so we feel very involved with you very much part of you i understand you're going through a series um on the book of acts one of the most exciting books in the bible I know one person who said, you should read the book of Acts every year. You should just read it through every year just to catch the atmosphere of the church that Jesus started because as the centuries pass by, church can look in all kinds of different forms and shapes, and sometimes you look at the book of Acts and you say, Is that a different religion? Uh, so, in as much as it's different to us, we need to come back to it, recover it, restore it, because that's the church Jesus wanted. And so, I'm not going to look into Acts because I'm not quite sure where you are, but I want to carry on that theme. So, I'm going to read to you from Ephesians in chapter four. Okay, Ephesians chapter four, because it's all about the church that Jesus wants. You remember, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all the nations Jesus is the new king as we've just sung he's the king from him through him to him are all things he's now got all authority in heaven and earth he said now go to all the nations and make disciples and what did they do? they went and they planted churches well was that being disobedient? She said go and make disciples they went and planted churches no no The planting of churches was the way in which God was intending for disciples to be made, followers of Jesus, that they do it together. They get built together in a family. And Ephesians is one of those great books about the church that shows what this spirit-filled community that we read about in the book of Acts, that's the goal, objective. Probably Ephesians, more than any other of Paul's epistles, sets out something of God's great uh, ambition for his church his glorious church and it's so easy to think today that the church is a bit sidelined but it depends where you are it depends where you are i heard a few years ago there were only 400 christians in iran I now hear there are something between two and three million christians in iran and, and i 'm so thrilled that my book on grace is just being translated into Farsi to get into that uh, message uh, that message of grace into the, among these millions of new Christians. The, God, the kingdom is always advancing, always advancing. We can sometimes feel at the moment in Western Europe that when well, the church is rather marginalized, but the reality is God is on the move, his church is to be as near as we can get to the book of Acts which is pretty challenging so I'm going to read with you to, uh, from Ephesians 4 uh, i just read the first uh, 16 verses uh, I'm reading from the NASB therefore I, Paul says, the prisoner of the Lord implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called with all humility and gentleness with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love being diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there's one body one spirit just as you were called in the one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of christ's gift therefore it says when he ascended on high He led captive a host of captives and gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of christ as a result we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine by trickery of men by craftiness and deceitful scheming but speaking the truth in love we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head even Christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love Holy Spirit we welcome you we're so thrilled to sing of your holiness your awesome majesty to gather in the name of Jesus we thank you for the huge privilege of knowing that name of being gathered in that name and Father we ask you right now for the help of the Holy Spirit that we might understand your word be strengthened by it and that Lord you will be glorified as a result we ask the Holy Spirit come now be our teacher lead us into truth we pray in jesus name amen amen so in the book of acts you see the advance of the church you see how people from different nations and backgrounds are being brought to jesus and hitherto, of course, Paul and many of those, uh, all of the 12 apostles had come from a Jewish background, a Jewish stock. Their way of worshipping God was so, so very different. Centered in the temple, centred in sacrifices, uh, all kinds of uh, cult uh, activity. And now Jesus has come to them. And he's conquered death. He's alive. And he said, now go and make disciples. And we saw what bo- happened in the book of Acts. And... Uh, you'll see a people beginning to gather a new kind of people so here in Ephesians 4 he's first of all talking about look maintain that unity you see we come to it together we come it's interesting in the book of uh, uh, in the epistles Paul says over 40 times do things for one another now when I first became a Christian i started going to a church i mean i come from a completely non-christian background and i started going to quite a large baptist church with a fabulous bible teacher it was very very helpful Uh, but it was easy not to know anybody and honestly not to even speak to anybody uh, just to thank the pastor at the door in fact you weren't expected to speak inside the church Uh, you were given a hymn book and if anything you whispered but you didn't You didn't relate to other people as people. We were there just as listeners to the preacher, which was very good. But he often would say, don't forsake the gathering of yourself together. In other words, be here next Sunday. Um, Don't forsake, be here, be here. But he didn't finish the verse which says, don't forsake the gathering of yourself together, but encourage one another encourage one another and it says all the more as you see the day drawing near things are all heading up to a day a day of jesus the king of glory when he's going to come again in majesty and so we need to encourage one another in fact over 40 one another verses which we were doing none of we didn't even speak to one another and so here we see now one another one another and in this passage it talks about maintaining this unity of the spirit because we're going to build one another up we're to speak the truth to one another we're to encourage one another we're to pray for one another we're to confess our faults to one another we're to admonish one another we're in it together it's a community God wants his alternative society another like another society within the world another people and the thing is that they're from so many different backgrounds so the chapter begins with now look be gentle with one another be patient with lowliness and gentleness because you've to be a people well to be a people you can be out of step with one another you live in a great city Amsterdam a massively international famous world famous city where we come from all sorts of different backgrounds and yet somehow this verse this chapter we've just looked at talks about a body coming together with every member working properly it's like a functioning body like you know I step up here my foot gets me up here just about poor old guy just get up here and you know my mouth speaks my hands move around it's a body and God has got this pattern go and make disciples but do it together become a community and you need gentleness with one another why why is he saying this well it's a unity of the spirit you see dear friends it's not just we like one another it's not just oh I like her personality I like his personality he goes, he's got the same background as I he studied the same stuff at uni no 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 there's a unity of the spirit it's something supernatural maintain Paul says the unity of the spirit and in fact he says make every effort and the theologians tell us you cannot find a stronger word than the word used here where it says make every effort effort it's the strongest possible expression you have to really work hard at this to maintain this unity of the spirit well what is this unity of the spirit well let's think of a, a book, in the book of Acts in the book of Acts the gospel's growing initially among the Jewish people and then there comes this huge turning point in Acts chapter 10 where, where Paul or Peter you know a Jewish background and their Messiah has come their Messiah has filled them with the spirit they understand that and then he's praying and he falls into a trance and he sees a sheet coming down from heaven it's in Acts chapter 10 and the voice says to him arise Peter, kill and eat and he says I don't eat that stuff I mean I'm a good Jew I've never eaten, I don't, I don't eat those things and then the vision disappears then it comes again second time arise Peter, kill and eat no don't touch that arise Peter, kill and eat three times and it's like well, what is God saying to me? I'm a good Jew, I don't eat that stuff. And then God says, Well, I call clean, don't you call unclean? What's that all about? He's trying to work it all out. And there's a knock at the door. And who is it? It's a Gentile. It's a gang of Gentiles, Roman soldiers, the hated Roman soldiers who spoil Israel, who take taxes of us, who dominate our lives, these Gentile pigs. And they say we've heard from god from god will you come with us i said, well, don't call unclean what i call clean so he goes with them to the home of cornelius who is a gentile centurion he's a roman soldier and he, i can imagine he takes a little group with him and, and i mean what are we doing we're going to these gentiles we're going to go into a gentile home now that would have meant in the past unclean you can't go to the temple you've been in the Gentile home what are you doing Peter I don't know what I'm doing I'm following the spirit and then he goes into this Gentile home Ooh, it's all unclean all these Gentiles and then they say God spoke to us told us send for Peter he'll tell you the way of life wow this, this story is repeated it's, a, it's the whole of Acts chapter 10 it's repeated in Acts chapter 11 because Peter when they hear back at Jerusalem Peter what have you been up to he tells it all over again so it's in Acts 10 and in Acts 11 it's like, it's like God saying listen I'm expressing something here it's here twice Luke recorded it twice the happening and then the report what happened to he's, he's in there and as he's speaking, he's said enough. If you look at it closely, he has spelled out the basics of the gospel, and the Spirit falls upon them. The Holy Spirit falls upon these Gentiles. And they're all, this, this gang of, of Gentiles, I don't know how many there were there, there's the centurion and people he's gathered, and the Spirit fell upon them. And they're all overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit and start speaking in tongues and the Jews were saying what is going on here and Peter and his friends said what is this and they said wow they've received the spirit like we have what is it it's like a new day beloved. it's a new day in world history it's a new day in church history it's a new day in God's purpose it's spilling over now to Gentiles Gentiles people we've hated in the past and God's the Holy Spirit and they, they've got the Holy Spirit like we've got the Holy Spirit and it must have been so shocking oh, you've got the Holy we, we've got the Holy Spirit and so of course when Acts 11 Peter goes back to Jerusalem and the other apostles say, what are you doing? we heard you ate with Gentiles you baptised Gentiles yeah the Holy Spirit came on them wow it's like, a, it's like a time of revelation now Jesus did say to them go into all the world and make disciples he said that to them but they were used to in the past proselytes becoming Jews they went through a sort of a process of becoming a Jew and one God instead of all these funny gods uh, but they were not used to that like wow he's, come, he's pulled them all in and now beloved the, the gospel's growing and growing and growing. it's reached Ephesus and Ephesus, already, they already worshipped one of the great wonders of the ancient world, the temple of, of Diana of Ephesus, this famous temple. And people are getting saved. Gentiles are getting saved. Slaves are getting saved. Slaves. And it's reckoned that the Roman church was probably half slaves. And Jews and Gentiles, men and women, different nationalities and they're becoming a people you see beloved this is the most important thing happening on planet earth today God is raising up a people from every tribe and tongue and nation we've mentioned New Frontiers here this morning we will be gathering in Cyprus in October and God willing we will have our Ukraine pastors standing next to our Russian pastors our Indian pastors standing next to our Pakistani pastors People who, you, we hate you, we hate you, you're killing. No, no, we're in Christ, we're a people, we're another nation on planet Earth, another people, another people. But I hate, no, no, you can't hate anymore. It says here, walk in love with all humility, gentleness, and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Because God's building a new community. Of people who hitherto had nothing to do with one another. In a great city like Amsterdam, you know, oh, I come from here, I come from here, I come from here. What have we got in common? Jesus. What have we got in common? The Holy Spirit is among us when we stand and we're led into worship, into the presence of this holy God that we've been singing to. All these differences become utterly irrelevant. In the Old Testament, the Israelites started worshipping false gods. They're God's people. They're his holy people. He brought them out of Egypt. He gave them the promised land. He said, don't worship other gods. And they started worshipping other gods, which meant they were even offering up their children as sacrifices, stinking religion that was in that nation. They started following it. Horrible stuff. And God kept sending prophet after prophet, warning them, don't do that. But they kept doing it. And then God said this, you find it in the Old Testament, he said this, You have made me jealous by gods who are not gods. He said this to the Jewish people, I will make you jealous by a people who are not a people. A people who are not a people. Ukrainians, Russians, Pakistan, they're not a people. I will make you jealous by a people. God's going out of every tongue and tribe and nation have a people who say worthy is the Lamb who unite together who have one voice, one purpose and that's what God's, that's what is beginning to happen through the book of Acts and here in Ephesians chapter 4 it's saying look, how do we get there? and if you get to the end of the reading that I brought to you a moment ago it says we, at the end we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ through a mature man every member working properly how do we get there? well the way into the chapter the themes that we've, we read there is with all humility humility lowliness it's something that the Greek culture utterly despised they utterly (laughs) lowliness that's yeah slaves should be lowly slaves are lowly slaves are associated with lowliness but you're telling me to be lowly as well yes yes lowly that's that's foreign to my background I'm a Greek I'm a Roman no 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 you'd be lowly as well why well we follow a a saviour who said I am meek (laughs) And lowly. See, beloved, if we're going to become one people from from all sorts of backgrounds, like the Bible says, then we're not because well, I come from, I'm a no, because slaves and free. If you look at the Book of Romans and one or two, in fact, two of the epistles, I think, finish up with this: greet one another with a holy kiss, which is something weird. You know, Western Europeans kind of giggle at, you know, but in that culture, yeah, they, they would greet one. But, but this is my slave. But that means if he's my slave, he's like an object I own. He doesn't have personality. He's an object. I own him. I could sell him. I could beat him within an inch of his life. No one would ask any questions. I paid for him. No, greet him as a brother, a brother. Yeah, with all lowliness he's my slave now we're building a new community we're building a new community where no one stands above another in Christ there's neither male nor female there's neither Jew or Greek there's neither slave or free it's a new community and you have the privilege of being in a city like Amsterdam where this can be so displayed and demonstrated that we come from all sorts of different backgrounds all sorts of different education all kinds of sorts of privilege or not privilege Jesus said go and make disciples and they started churches Why? because we're in the church that's how it's done that's how our lives get changed as we pray for one another encourage one another bear with one another it says here bear with one another that means we have to work at that Make every effort. Sometimes it is an effort to maintain unity. It must have been very difficult for Jewish people. To say, Why look at this stuff they eat. They're totally disrespectful of the Sabbath. In that all this cultural stuff they carried with them and now they've got to go out into this world. And people who put their faith in Jesus and they've got all kinds of weird background huh? I wouldn't normally even associate with them now you don't just associate it with them that's your sister that's your brother it's an amazing thing see we've lived in a culture that talks about church going what on earth is church going what's a church goer means you go to that building once a week in the bible none no, of you're you're born again you're in christ you're part of this people, God's building another alternative society something absolutely wonderful and whatever job that we do it says. That, I love what it says in the book of Acts it says they were together you know in Acts 2, you've probably had already done Acts 2 they were together, they were together, they were together it's almost like they lived together and went out each day into, into the world Whereas we tend to live in the world and sometimes go to church they were a people. They were together. They were brothers and sisters. And they grew. They would make it to disciples because they, as we saw here, they bore with one another with patience, with gentleness. The word, the word, gentleness means. It's a Greek word, praus. It means actually, it's the same word you you use for a horse that's broken in. Now, a horse that's broken out I guess you've seen the westerns like I have and um, I guess old-fashioned westerns these days uh, but when the, when the horse is bucking bronco you know, and no one can calm it and then the hero comes along and the hero jumps on the big horse and the horse is broken in does that mean it doesn't run as fast? does that mean it's not as strong as it was? no it's just as strong it just doesn't kick back anymore it doesn't kick back that's the, that is one of the marks of the church God help us in this age of Twitter and Facebook we don't kick back we learn to be a people who bear with one another it says bearing with one another with all patience that's what it says in this opening section with all patience in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 it says love is patient it's just a statement of truth it's not an exhortation, it's a statement of truth love is patient Wendy and I have five kids, listen we have 21 grandchildren how about that, 21 grandchildren so you see these mums with their little ones and and, and, they cry in the night they try and walk and fall over love is patient you just observe it oh did you fall over? he's like, wait till you're two then walk no they fall over oh come on try again try love is patient it is so with patience we bear with one another because sometimes we get it wrong sometimes our name, why wasn't my name on the list why wasn't I invited no I was in the coffee queue before you there's all kinds of reasons to be impatient with one another but no we make every effort why But we want to maintain this unity of the Spirit. There's this supernatural, the supernatural coming upon Cornelius' home. Wow, what is this? We are brothers then. There's a unity, beloved, that's more than we just turn up at this building, we roughly agree stuff we quite like no, there's a much bigger unity it's the Holy Spirit and we want to be jealously guarding we want the Holy Spirit we love it when we begin to worship we say oh God you're here now some churches they don't know about that they don't know what it is to have the unity of the Spirit they don't know what it is to be in the presence of the Spirit and we need to treasure that more and more and more I want the unity wow God is here now and to know that and to be overwhelmed with that because we've been called out of this passing age we're part of an eternally kept people we know God (laughs) and the presence of the Spirit is the foretaste of eternal glory that's the guarantee, that's the foretaste we have the presence of the Spirit without that, what is the church? No, we want the presence of the Spirit. So we make every effort to maintain that unity because the Holy Spirit loves unity. He loves coming amongst us. When brothers dwell in unity, it's like the oil on our head. It's like, it's like oil flowing down, Psalm 133. We just know the presence of God. So we maintain that unity of the Spirit. And then just going right down to the end of the reading I brought to you, it says also, speaking the truth, in love okay so you'll find love floods this chapter bearing with one another in love then you get speaking the truth now we, when we say we want the presence of the spirit it's not we're just looking for a funny feeling woo I think I felt it we're not just talking about that we're talking about God dwelling amongst us as we speak truth now that could be interpreted different ways it could be be truthful or it could be, speak the truth. Speak the truth. Later on in Ephesians 4, it says, don't lie to one another. Seeing you're members of one another. Don't lie to one another. You know, I, I fell over about six weeks ago. I was fiddling around with a, a door opening gadget and I was in a, I was in South Africa and they had they had these doors you know, and they pressed this and the door opens so I'm looking at this and I don't see the curb so bang over I go bang my head bang everything else it's almost like it's almost like I said I'm not going to tell Foot there's a curb here <laughs> I'm going to lie to Foot so I trip over bang, down I go, my head, everything, bang. See, don't lie to one another because you're members of one another. What a stupid thing for foot to trip over. Well, I didn't tell him that was there. So it's like, don't lie to one another because you're members of one another. Why would you be out of step? Why would you not be truthful? So we need to be jealously guarding truth in our conversation, that we speak the truth. We don't exaggerate. We don't generalize. Oh, she always said it. Well, she did it once before. They always. No, they didn't always. It happened, yeah? You see, that's where fellowship can break when we're not diligent. Because it's easier. It's easier to exaggerate. It's easier to generalize. So we No, I'm not going to do that. I want to I want to maintain unity. I'll speak the truth. I'll speak the truth in love. And that also, it says in, in Romans, it says, admonishing one another. So we sometimes do have to speak the truth. But maybe when we're close enough and we've learned enough from one another, we might, we might feel, I've, I've got enough strength of relationship now. Brother, I, um, you never seem to bring your wife into the meeting you never seem to engage her in the conversation you know we can start saying things to one another how dare you speak to me no there shouldn't be any how dare you we're trying to make disciples of one another we want to try to help one another come to maturity so we don't launch in with it but as we build relationally we love we may want to speak some truth sometimes that helps someone into maturity fill out their personality that they can't see on their own but with your help they start seeing or it could mean speak the doctrine speak the truth to one another and that is also hugely important that we speak the theology the truth make disciples of one another speak the truth in love in love and then when I first went to Bible college, you know, I was a fairly young Christian in a way, and I'd never before encountered Arminianism and Calvinism. But in the Bible college, it was there. I'd never seen it before. And I mean, they spoke the truth to one another a little bit like tennis players share a tennis ball what about this what about anything Ooh, it was almost like he's an armenian he's a calvinist ah horrible no speak the truth we need truth we need truth desperately we grow up as we understand truth but we speak it in love if we love one another you can say anything you like really and you grow into maturity to speak the truth we need the doctrine we need the Holy Spirit we need the Word of God we can't do without either Word and Spirit speak the truth get to know truth we're looking at the truth we gather we gather in worship we gather in truth and then the last one as I close the last one it says so building one another up it says uh, in verse 15 and 16 speaking the truth in love we're to grow up in all aspects into him who's the head even christ from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body what a fabulous view of a church a body a people who come together you know, there are people serving us at the, uh, on the sound thing at the back. There are people who served us on the platform in the singing. There are people probably serving with children. people serving one another. There's all kinds of ways in which we serve one another, probably leading small groups. And that's when our body starts to take on shape. We're not just consumers who live in the world and sometimes go to church. If that's where it is for you at the moment, let me encourage you,, no, no, come into the body. Find your place in the body. And you can get built up, get ready. Paul says, I want to present every man mature. There come a day, beloved, when we're all going to be presented to Jesus. Wow, that's going to happen. That is going to happen to everyone. Every one of us will stand before Jesus at the end to give account of our lives. Every one of us. And Paul said, my goal, my goal, is I want to present everyone mature how do I get to maturity I can't do it alone I cannot do it alone that's not what the Bible teaches I need my brothers and my sisters that's how I come to maturity because oh this brother I learned I watched his life and he actually told me at one point you know the sister really helped me we gather we come together and the Holy Spirit is amongst us So Paul's goal here in Ephesians, this classic book on the spirit-filled church. He's saying, come on, let's grow in grace. Let's grow into the knowledge of God. Let's get to know him. That's the word of God. As you go through the book of Acts, let me encourage you week by week, as you look at it, you think, wow, that this is the Bible church. You know, anything that's drifted away from it, that's church. You want supposed to, it is, but this is this is This is, this is what the Bible's looking for. The fullness of God's presence, the power, the wonder, the growth. Father, help us. Help us to get there. As we dwell in love, with gentleness, the way in the door into this, verse 16, it's amazing church. The way in is through this little lowly door, through lowliness, gentleness, meekness, having a good attitude to ourselves. Then we gain, then we benefit, then we grow. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this church that you've raised up. I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters here, gathered from so many various locations and settings. Thank you for this great city of Amsterdam, this amazing, internationally renowned place. And we ask you, Father, will you please keep building this church? Help each one of us to find our place, be functioning members to feel our identity comes here, and that we might glorify you, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.